That's a growler. Welcome back to Beauty and the Beastly Minute, the podcast where we break down and analyze Beauty and the Beast, one stare-blocking minute at a time. I'm Bobby from Growler Media. And my name is Janae Hyatt. And today we have with us, we're very excited, Ralph from Cake Boss. Hey, how you doing, guys? I'm Ralph. I'm the uh, lead sculptor at Carlo's Bakery, where they shoot the television show Cake Boss. It's now currently shooting its ninth season, I think. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Uh, so whenever you see any of the, like the weird sculptural cakes or like the chocolate sculptures that go on the cakes that we do at the bakery, that's my department that does that. I've been with them about seven years now. Oh my gosh. So how do you get into cake sculpting? That's what I was just wondering. Kind of by accident. (laughs) (laughs) Did you go to school? Uh, not for, not for culinary or anything like that no i went to school for i have a fine arts background and then after that i went to school for special effects makeup and uh okay i did a lot of sculpting at both of those schools i was gonna say it still translates i feel like Uh, yeah my uh my cousins actually were big fans of the show in like its first second season and they won a raffle for six people to go make cakes with the cake boss and his crew and uh so they they extended the invitation to me because there were only five of them my aunt was like ralphie you gotta you gotta come with us they're gonna see what a good sculptor you are (laughs) they're gonna give you a job you're gonna be on tv and i was like all right sure but that's almost exactly what happened oh my gosh i love it so that's like pure chance yeah i guess so well that and having a pushy italian aunt i was gonna say she knew (laughs) she had foresight initially i was excited to have you on because we just a few minutes ago were talking a lot about all the the cakes and the, oh, sure. the foods and stuff that were in the Be Our Guest song. So I was like, oh, it'd be great to have and, and, you know, kind of go back and talk about that a little bit. But then I realized you did sculpting. And I feel like for most of the episodes in this movie, we've been talking about the gargoyles and the sculptures <laughs> in the in the castle. Oh, yeah. The statuary in this movie, like that enchantment is really thorough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? <laughs> everything in there gets beastified. Yes. Okay, yeah, that's what we were wondering. Well, we talked a f- I don't know how many minutes ago it was, but we talked about how in the hallway right outside Belle's bedroom, there are some statues there that don't look beastified. And so we were debating, okay, how did this curse actually work? Did it do everything? Did it just affect the ones around where he spends time? Ooh, I like, think getting what getting think? into how did this curse actually work is a <laughs> maddening proposition that you just <laughs> do. Oh, we've been trying. Late, it's been completely unsuccessful this whole time, but we don't stop trying. I'm sure everybody's brought up the fact that like there would have to be thousands of servants in the castle for everything that's walking around to have been a person. Right. And then why do some of them get eyes and mouths and some of them don't? <laughs> uh, yeah, yep, we've had a lot of different ideas about those, and none of them are horribly satisfactory. I, so yeah. we, we strive on. I feel like the only way it works, in my mind, is that the like the face characters, the ones that talk and have names, those are the ones that were people, and everything else is just animated furniture and flatware and stuff. Like, that's just Gosh. a side effect. You and Bobby have, like... <laughs> That's exactly what his theory was, too. I'm not sure. <sighs> I'm not sure I feel that way, but. <laughs> <laughs> so you think all of those faceless dancing forks and, uh, well, the forks have faces, don't they? 
But I mean, like, everything. <laughs> well, I mean, the thing is, there are some things like the um, coat rack at the beginning when Maurice comes. It has so much of a personality, even though it doesn't have a face. Whereas the cart that Mrs. Potts rides on, I can buy more that that is an inanimate object that has been, like, animated for the use of the fact that they have to get around and do things. But, like... Things like that coat rack. I just really feel like that coat rack was a person. <laughs> Maybe he was mute. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. But, like, there's just things here and there that I'm like, there's too much personality. Or, like, the... It's a very quirky enchantment, at the least. Yes. The beer steins in Be Our Guest. Like, I mean, they've got really manly voices and everything but they don't have faces like i don't know they're singing they're singing i don't know i just like it doesn't really completely work one way or the other for me so i think i'm gonna go with i think it's a mix (laughs) (laughs) cop out but (laughs) mike mignola who's the creator of hellboy always describes magic as uh as radioactive you know he always says like it, it, it leaks out from any source so which is always fun to see in his comics too, but I kind of think that applies here. Like, yeah, and yeah. you you won't see the suits of armor moving or doing stuff unless Cogsworth and Lumiere are walking by, and there's a bit, and then it's sort of like the magic. I think is like radiating out from them all the time. Ooh, hmm. that's interesting. an interesting theory. I love giving that. us new new ideas to play with. Hmm. This this and cars, like neither of them work <laughs> if you stop to think about them for even a second. <laughs> yeah. But we just don't want to. (laughs) It's too... I mean, that's part of the thing about going in to see a movie, is that you have to have a certain suspension of disbelief, regardless of what it is. I mean, if there's bad acting, or if there's, like, plot holes, or if these things... Those things create a jar in the suspense suspension of disbelief so i think sometimes with things like this i'm just like i just don't care i just yeah. want to believe it so. i'm so willing to let this movie have its own way because it's so charming i know right it is <laughs> well shall we get started with the minute oh i guess if you're gonna twist my arm <laughs> well we start off in this minute with Cogsworth saying above the uh mademoiselle as she drifts off and isn't listening to him and we end the minute with Belle starting her explorations of the West Wing and some I don't know foreboding music some creepy-ish music yeah yeah that isn't that I mean it's just pretty <laughs> to me but it's supposed to be kind of dark and creepy i it's, guess it's definitely a change from the music that we just left and be our guest and kind of that upbeat thing so yeah that's a good point it's a little more serious at this point but my, my first note it's kind of funny is about the sculptures we get a view of a lot more of the beast like sculptures as she's going up these stairs and we get a pretty good view of these there's a lot of detail oh yeah in these uh minotaurs or whatever they are holding up the the pillars around the stairs there's there's so much fun detail in the backgrounds in this in this whole minute but like even down to like there's that uh not an alcove what's the word for a recess for um, the statue it's not called an alcove Eh, it might be. Um, but yeah, that alcove, when I first looked at it, I thought it was just a guy. And I was like, oh, they slipped up over there. But no, it's like he's totally got a lion head as well. Like they're, they're right? spot on. It's almost like they know what they're doing. <laughs> almost. <laughs> yeah. Well, it looks like he's got like a scroll or a, a telescope or something. He's very noble and like Greek 
Greek looking. Yeah, very like Greek David statue-esque. Yeah, I, I, I would bet that it's probably based on an existing statue. Yeah, I feel like I've seen that statue before. I want to know where that light is coming from. So as she, in second three of this minute, you see this wide angle shot of her coming up to the staircase and you see all the like statues and everything and the staircase that is like behind that you can't really see that you can tell she's about to go up kind of has more natural looking light coming through it but Mm -hmm. there's this other little i don't know what it is area that alcove it's not (laughs) but it's not an alcove like the one where the statue is it's like just on the other like the left hand side of the staircase and it looks like it's lit up yeah and i was kind of i wonder where that light is coming from because i didn't i don't think that's the hallway that lumiere and cogsworth just went down they just went down the other one that has that light and looks really dark i mean there aren't a lot of evident light sources in this castle (sighs) yes i have a (laughs) couple issues with those as we go i'm like wait a second yeah it's it's, it is another well it's a cartoon but it's pretty it (laughs) sure is So I kind of don't care. I I like I watched the minute before this one, uh, and I've been watching this movie a lot lately. For for, I'll I'll get into that later. But uh, (laughs) I watched the minute before this one. I was like, oh man, what a good minute! Like just some good David Ogden stares. Like like right. Mm -hmm. And then this one started, and I was like, oh man, what a what a good minute! Like there isn't. I don't think there's a bad one in here. But this one's almost like its own little self-contained story, real quick. Like it has a setup and a sort of rising action, and then a payoff, and it's 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 a lovely little beat where you know they they think that they've uh, they finally tricked her, and they're walking away, and of course she's <laughs> tricked them because they're adorably stupid. <laughs> Uh, uh, I love how I love Cogsworth so much. <laughs> He's like trying to be so smooth and like, <laughs> don't slip up, Lumiere. It's all going to be your fault. But then he's the one who does. Oh yeah. my gosh. I feel like that's me. Just the, the two of them walking off arm in arm at the end of it is <laughs> priceless. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all of those. Uh, uh, ways that they describe how many books I thought was hilarious. What do they say? Uh, she has this tiny spark of interest, and then they're like, yes, there's scads, mountains, scads. cascades, forests, swamps of books. And I was like, how did they come up with this list of descriptions of, like, the number of books? It's brilliant. <laughs> I'm always happy to hear the word scads used. I know. Scads. What's that, like... I feel like there's a movie that somebody says that all the time in. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe it's just an awesome word. Okay, continue. <laughs> uh, I was thinking, it. what determines how French someone is in this movie? <laughs> well, we know Lumiere's the most French. Right, he's very French. But then, like, in the beginning of this, during, like, the that provincial life song, she's going through the town, and she's like, there goes the baker with his tray. And he's like, that's nice. Marie, the baguettes! <laughs> like, yeah, that's a very French man. <laughs> Exceptionally French. It says boulanger right over his thing. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, They didn't exactly do the best job at accent it's it's just all over the shop it really is 
because some people are American, a lot of people are British, and then Lumiere and almost no one else is French. <laughs> Lumiere, the feather duster. The feather duster. Um, I feel like there was one more. There's one more. Uh, but And I can't stress this enough. Not many people. Not <laughs> many. Well, okay. Have you, um, Ralph, have you seen the new Beauty and the Beast, the live action one? I did not. No one has. Okay. I'm just not interested in it. It's okay. I was rather reluctant to go see it myself, but curiosity, what can I say? And considering we're doing the original movie, I figured one of us should probably have seen it. I don't think Bobby has still yet. No, not yet. Okay. Well, just saying... They didn't do that great with the accents in that one either because everyone in there, they do have more uniformity, but they're all still British accents. Well, that's that's the rule. If you're making if you're making an American movie set anywhere in Europe, it's okay for everyone to sound British because that's an like air quotes, that's a, that's an accent, you know? But it's that's one so that we're all comfortable with. I hate that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because French accents are so beautiful. I got to do a French accent for a play I was in a couple years ago and like right after college and uh, I loved it. It was so fun. It's not like you can't understand the people who have a French accent. No, but the British accent is the most vanilla European accent. <sighs> Come on, America. Mer- Come on, Disney. You know, we're talking about accents because I know Tony J has a great little cameo in this movie where he plays the asylum keeper, right? Mm, yeah. That's later yeah. in the movie. You guys haven't gotten that far. You're only watching it one no. minute at a time, which is madness to me. <laughs> <laughs> if I were you, right? I would have watched the whole thing all the way through first. Oh, well, we did. And then, I oh, mean, I never did. Mind. I've watched it many times all the way through since we started this podcast because children. Yeah. <laughs> children. <laughs> But I had a question because I haven't seen the new one. Do they take that Maison de Lunes song from the Broadway musical? Is that in the movie? Um, and that is not in the movie. Oh, why the heck not? No, I mean, that's not your place to answer. <laughs> that's that. a great <laughs> question. Janae, why didn't you put it in there? Well, okay. That's such a good song from the musical. Like, the, the Asylum Keeper has that song. Well, that's so funny because for me, from the musical, I'm like, um, home? Why would you get rid of that song? Why? <sighs> There's no reason. And they could, I, I wish they had kept Beast's song from the musical and added the one he has in the movie because Beast has like no songs. It makes me so mad. He I'm really like, doesn't he's, have any songs. He's yeah. the main character. He should have songs. Well, I guess Belle is the main character. I think Belle is the main character. Okay, Belle is the main character, the, but Beast the, is the other main character. The deuteragonist. The what? The deuteragonist. <laughs> Never the heard that. The second most important character. Oh, is that a real word? Yeah, so there's the protagonist, who's your main character, your deuteragonist, who's the the second. Occasionally there is a tritagonist, and then there's the antagonist, which is the enemy. Oh, interesting. I never heard of those middle ones. (laughs) (laughs) Those things she's not going to try to pronounce. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You know me so well by now. (gasps) Uh, Where are we? We We got way off track here. Oh, that's what we do. <laughs> yeah. Come that's on. The podcast. <gasps> Welcome to Beauty and the Beastly Minute. Well, we get off track whenever we talk. I'm looking at my notes. Mm. So this is going back a little bit, but one of my notes, and it's just one of those little details that doesn't really matter, but I never noticed or realized that like those bar things on the stairs, those are there to weigh them down, like to weigh down the red carpet so it doesn't pull up. Uh, mm-hmm. I was like, what are those there for? And I was like, oh, wait, it's, they didn't like have glue to glue it down. So they stuck those on there. Some to it on. places still have those. Mm-hmm. 
I'm sure they do. <laughs> it's just another one of those little details that they totally didn't have to stick in here, but they did. It's it's really worth uh, mentioning again just how beautiful uh, the Beast's castle is in this movie. Mm-hmm. And yes. we get to see like a nice bit of it in this scene. And it's just, it is a really pretty castle. Which, talking about the castle, I kind of was thinking about the castle. And so in this one, they're like, oh, it's the West Wing. And I was thinking, West Wing? You hear that all the time. Oh, the East Wing, the West Wing. Which I feel like is kind of a British or European thing. But I was like, what exactly is a wing? Because I'm geeky like that and like definitions. So I looked it up. It's <laughs> a part of a building or a feature of a building that is subordinate to the main central structure. So it's basically like there's a main house portion and then there's like these offshoots that are the wings. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at this picture that I found on like Google or something that somebody had drawn, which I feel like Bobby, you had this in our drive and we should share it on our Facebook group so people can look at it because it's pretty cool. And I don't know if it's accurate or not because... Tony Robbins, or not Tony Robbins. Oh my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> ah, Tony Robbins. We should Robbins get Tony Robbins was... on here. <laughs> Tony Robbins, come on our podcast because you have an amazing beastly voice. No, I meant Tony Bancroft, one of the animators who came on the show. And Bancroft. Said that they did not have like a drawn floor plan of the castle when they were making the film. With that in mind, this is just some rendition that somebody made but it's pretty cool but the issue is the west wing is not really a wing it's just part of the house Hmm. so see i had heard that they actually used the uh the castle from the animated movie the last unicorn in this you know with the the red bull uh because it's red bull that gives you wings (laughs) 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 actually i did find out what they did base it on though oh does anybody know trivia time well you do they based it on the Chateau de Chambord. Chambord? I don't know how to say it. In the Lori Valley, which I probably butchered that too. Well, Chateau is French for cat water. I know that. Chateau <laughs> de Chambord. C H A M B O R D. Chambord? Chambord? Oh, I'm looking at it right now. It's really cool. Yeah. There's a link, actually, all copy and paste it so we can make sure that gets on the facebook page as well um so you guys can look at it because it this particular page that i'm looking at has pictures of the original and then it has pictures of beauty and the beast both movies because the castle in both of the movies are based on this one castle Mm. and they also built the castle I think at like Disney World or Disneyland or one of those places, they rebuilt the Beast Castle. I went to that. You did? Uh, a few years ago, my family, and we're all adults at this point. Like the youngest of us is 13. Uh, <laughs> That's and, okay. Adults can love Disney. No, I, 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 I get that. I understand. And I do. But uh, the, the youngest of us was 13 and most of us are in our 20s to 50s. And... We're there in the park, and we pass by this Bell's Enchanted Castle, whatever thing that's there. And we're talking to one of the people, like, what is this? Is this like a ride or a show, or what's the deal here? And she's like, well, do you guys like Beauty and the Beast? It's like, yeah, that's why we're asking. And she's like, oh, well, then you you can't miss it. It's something you absolutely have to do. We're like, okay, but is it like a show, or is it a ride, or what's the deal? And she's like, oh, you got to do it. You got to do it. So we wait in line for an hour, and we get in there, and it's like 
the best produced version of a children's birthday party that you could possibly go to. But I'm just, we're all looking at each other because it's like one of those things where they bring, you know, they have a girl in the bell costume and she looks great and like there's all animatronic furniture and the characters everywhere and they're talking and they do like a little show. They act out a thing with the kids from the audience and we're just sitting there. And it's like, what did this woman think recommending this? <laughs> Where, where, like, uh, a, a, a jaded group of adults, most of whom have thick New York or New Jersey accents, which is the I'm not having fun accent. <laughs> You're telling me that if I go in there, the wardrobe is going to ask me to sing a song? No, thank it just it, like you gotta, you have oh. to learn to read the crowd a little better. I think. Oh my goodness! Having that said that, so that's funny. Awesome. If you have kids, uh, take them to because they'll love it. It was just not the thing for us, and we we spent a good portion of the day waiting for that. Oh man, Ugh, that's horrible. Well, the funny thing is, if she if she had just explained what it was, right, you would have been able to decide for yourself. But. When you just say, oh, you can't miss it. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. That's not helpful. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she made it sound like it was something we shouldn't miss and should do. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, you live man. and learn. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. So I don't get in, This isn't really related to this minute, but my, uh, my sister has a, a two and a half year old named Marlo, who is my best friend in the world. <laughs> uh, right now, her favorite things are dinosaurs and Beauty and the Beast. So we are like... We're right on the same level. <laughs> but it, it cracks me up because what Chelsea, my, my sister, when she was a little girl, it was right when Beauty and the Beast first came out. And she was obsessed. Mm. Uh, and she loved Belle and the Beast, but she called them Bo and Bisa because that was what she could pronounce at the time. <laughs> and she made my mom watch that movie every single day forever. <laughs> And now, Marlo's favorite movie is Beauty and the Beast. Only she says Belle and Beast. And Chelsea has to watch that movie every single day. And anytime she brings it up, my mom just sits back and just laughs and laughs and laughs. Well, there are much worse movies to have to watch over and over again every day. It is. Trust me. It's a, it's a really sweet, very charming movie. Well, Belle, we get a better sense of her adventure in this minute because even though she has this temptation of like hundreds and scads of books, she turns it down to go explore where she knows she's not supposed to go. And uh, I mean, I think that tells us something about her craving for real adventure, you know, something real. Yeah. She's tired of reading books, which I mean, who can blame her? She hasn't had any friends and all she's had are books. So I think it's interesting that she just kind of discards her own self-preservation in a way not to, to go mention, explore. <laughs> yeah, not to mention goes up a flight of stairs when she doesn't have to. <laughs> <laughs> right? And there's a lot of them. It's not like a small flight of stairs yeah. either. And it's dark, which is spooky. Not into it. And there's all statues of monsters everywhere. No, thank you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go where I can see because there's a candle man and I know exactly what time it is. And I'm going to go read books, which supposedly they have books by every author who's ever put pen to paper. That's quite a claim, mm -hmm. especially because this is France in like the 1700s. <gasps> where are they uh, getting them? The library is impressive, though. Yeah. I mean, why aren't the books alive? Mm. Hmm. 
Not everything can be alive, people. You got it. There's, there are no rules. It's just, it is a complete free-for-all magically in this cast. Why are there ambulances and mechanics in cars? <laughs> well, the books already are alive. Books have a life of their own. Mm, metaphorically, I guess. They have to have occupations. Which, the books or the cars? The cars. Wait, what are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I think I might have ADD. I don't know. Oh, my oh. goodness. If that stands for a double dose of Disney, <laughs> then you're missing a D. Yes. Oh, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, uh, good time. Good time. I think that's all I have for this minute. Do you guys have anything else? <laughs> so, one of my last notes is at the very end of the minute here she gets to the top of the staircase and walks like past this pretty awesome looking dragon i believe it is on her right or on our right her left and then on her right side there's like a humanoid monkey looking thing like at the top of the stair rail and it caught my attention because it kind of looks like a monkey but it also kind of looks like that i forget the name of the guy but the guy that supposedly the Beauty and the Beast story is based off of that lived in oh. France and that had like the, that uh, yeah, that guy. Gen- genetic disorder and he was all hairy and the face kind of reminds me of the, the paintings of him. Wait, so, it's like literally... I thought that was kind of cool. No, How do you if even I don't catch know what that? you're There's... talking about. Hang on, I'm going <laughs> to scrub through. I feel like that. we have to watch, you have to watch the next minute to really catch what that it's at, thing uh, looks like. Second 58. It's yeah, it is at the very very tail end of this. Wait, is it the one that is like um the sconce on the wall? No, he's he's on the like at the top of the stairs. It's to it's to stage oh, right of the uh of the dragon. It's literally the last second of the minute. I love that you know all of these theater terms. It makes me really happy. <laughs> You're welcome. Did you do theater in high school or something? I did, yeah. Oh, we're friends. We're totally friends. I, I mean, know. we were anyway, but <laughs> yeah, I was I was Captain Hook my junior year at Hundred and Central Regional High School. Fun. We nice. had flying and everything. Oh was there gosh. singing? Oh yeah. Oh, Did you snap. do like like the original Broadway one or like? Uh, I guess whatever the the Mary Martin one. The Mary Martin one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I meant. That's not the original, I guess. But Only it had a bunch of high schoolers musical. in it instead of the people from that okay i see what you're talking about the little kind of greenish looking guy he sort of looks like the cowardly lion (laughs) from the wizard of oz he does kind of look like that um that guy bobby that you're talking about i win (laughs) 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 i didn't even catch that i was too busy looking at this cool dragon that looks like he's gonna breathe fire on her he's a pretty sweet dragon and it's kind of weird because i don't think there are any other well, there might have been one in, like, the scary hallway when the beast was walking with her. I think there was a dragon-like creature there. Yeah, well, there's... I think there's a dragon sitting on that urn-looking thing right above the green guy's head. Oh, yeah. A little baby dragon. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. That's oh, interesting. that green guy. I'm looking at the wrong guy. Um... <laughs> <laughs> what green guy were you looking at? Yes, I was like, I don't see him as being green. Maybe their monitors are different than mine. <laughs> No, he doesn't. Yeah, I see him now. He's got like a real vomit face. I like him a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's squatting like, uh, yeah, he's got, that is a statue of gastrointestinal distress. 
That statue needs an antacid. Oh, oh my good times. goodness. Well, that was my last note for the minute. <laughs> uh, well, my last note was just that I think the sound designers did a really good job in this minute at the end because yeah. as she goes further down the hall, you like hear the echoes of the barking in the background and... I just feel like the audio makes such a huge difference in the tone and feeling that's created towards the end of this minute. So, good on ya. Yeah. And I uh, I forgot how prevalent the Ottoman dog was in this movie. I know, right? <laughs> He's so cute. Ever since watching this as a child, I've always subconsciously associated Ottomans with dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, the dog does not have eyes. So does, does he have a mouth? And we know he turns back into a dog. Hmm. Just saying. Well, then maybe there's something to your the coat rack is a guy. I'm pretty sure the coat rack is a mm. guy. Good point. I'm pretty sure he'd have a French accent too. If he weren't mute. If he weren't mute. <laughs> exactly. Well, we know he's not deaf because I think at the end doesn't he play a violin yes, or something? Yes, he does. See, he plays a violin. He's got to be a person. He has a rich inner life. Mm-hmm. Man, I wonder why he couldn't talk. I, I still don't think the Beersteins were ever guys, though. I think they're just singing because a musical <laughs> number is happening. Because That could be. What is your job in the castle if what to... you turn into is the Beersteins? <laughs> beer the guards? Maybe there's... Yeah. drink beer. Or maybe they're like the... Bre- maybe there's a brewery on the grounds of the castle. Like a lot of monasteries made beer. So... The Brute Squad. The brute squad. That's what I thought you were going to say. The brute squad. I am the brute squad. <laughs> yes. Uh, you are the brute brute squad. The brute squad. <laughs> I am. I am the brute squad. Uh, well, Ralph, I would be remiss if we didn't ask you what you think about all the giant, enormous cakes and baked stuff in this movie. Right. Going back to two previous minutes. I mean, uh, you know, they're pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> It's uh, it's hard to top cartoon cakes because they have no imperfection. Mm. You know what I mean? This is yeah. true. But they don't taste near as good. Well, yeah, because they're just paint on plastic. <laughs> but, like, you're not bound by any of the constraints that you have to worry about. Like, you can have a 14-tier, uh, like, big, beautiful, perfectly piped cake in a cartoon, and you don't have to worry about things like gravity or temperature. <laughs> This is true. My roommate makes cakes and decorates them for like people's weddings or birthdays or whatever. And there was one day I was riding in the car with her carrying the cake because it was like two or three tiers. And she was in a rush and she was like, can you please just hold it in your lap so that nothing happens to it while I drive it to the location? And I was like, okay. So I'm holding it, but it's like totally falling in on one side on the second tier. Oh, my gosh. And I, like, had it sitting right in front of the air vents. For the... It was so sad. Oh, but it was really humid day, like, humid hot day in and Texas. Heat and humidity can you is do? the worst enemy of, of the delivering worst. a cake. I mean, it, we got <laughs> it there, and it actually ended up looking great. So it was fine, but... It's terrifying I every mean, time. Yeah, it was pretty nerve-wracking. And, you know, she's a perfectionist, too. Love her. So hope she she knows she is, so I can say that. But, yeah, it's rough. The weather, blah. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know what that's like. 
Alrighty. Well, so to, to kind of wrap up, Ralph, do you remember the, the first time you saw Beauty and the Beast? I mean, I do. Um, I was, it was quite young. Uh, when did this movie come out? Was it like 94? 91. 91. Jeez. All right. So I was seven when this movie came out. I have really vivid memories of the, seeing the second half of it in the theater, but I don't remember the first half very much. But uh, I went with my dad and probably my little brother and sister. But yeah, I remember really loving it. It's a really great movie. Yes, it is. And that's why we're here and talking about it. <laughs> yep. But uh, like I said, my, my little sister was the one who was like obsessed with it as a child. And so she had Beauty mm. and the Beast everything. <laughs> There's a lot of Beauty and the Beast stuff out right now, too. I mean, thanks to the new movie, yeah. I guess. I feel but... like it's never really gone away. No, because you. <laughs> c- the funny thing is lots of the Beauty and the beast stuff that i see in stores is not i mean i see new movie stuff but a lot of it is the original movie stuff too which is cool because i'm like yeah i mean this is this is me but i don't think the new one is going to have the staying power like the the longevity of the original Uh, no well honestly okay if i'm being honest i think they just do stuff like that because they want to ride on the back of the success of the original and what? they're trying to just who told you <sighs> but yeah it's not it i don't think the new one would ever have the same impact as this one. And usually it's interesting because you can't predict which of these like Disney movies that they were going to become successes and last in people's hearts and memories for years and years and years. Yeah, I thought that was interesting when we were talking to to Tony Bancroft that and you know, that's one of the things he mentions like <laughs> 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 he said they had no idea like that it was going to be a success or that you know, people would love it and care about it. It hadn't really happened that much with animation before. So mm-hmm. it's uh, interesting to hear that when it's been such like a huge thing my whole life. Right. Yeah. And it's it's been a long, this what so 91. So this movie is 27 years old. Is that, am I bad at math? 26. 26 years old. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. All right. Well, that about wraps up this minute. Ralph, we want to thank you again for coming on and uh, talking with us and sharing your knowledge and insights with us. Yeah. Hey, thank you so much for having me on. This was a blast. Anytime you guys want to do this again, let me know. Or if uh, you ever find yourself in like the New York City, New Jersey area, come by, stop by the bakery. I'll show you around. Awesome. Yes. I don't I know totally when I'd will. ever be there, but it's a life goal to get there and check it out someday. We went to New York City for one day last year, last summer. Oh, when wow. I go back, I'm going to see a lot more stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look me up when you do. I definitely will. Awesome. And for our listeners, make sure to come back and be with us again for Minute 43. Until then, if you want to get a hold of us, as always, you can check us out on our social media sites. We are at Beastly Minute on Facebook and Twitter. We also now have an Instagram, so you can see pictures of screenshots that we take at the minutes. A lot of the stuff we talk about in detail here on the podcast, you can see the pictures on our Instagram. You can also go and join our listeners group on Facebook. That's Beauty and the Beastly Minute Listeners Library. Just ask to join that group and we'll let you in. And we post video clips so you can watch the video clips as the episodes come out and you won't be completely lost. If you want to get a hold of me, I'm at growlermedia.com. 
And you'll find my email there, and you can get a hold of me that way. Janae, what about you? You can find me at JanaeHyatt.com and um, listen to my voiceover portfolio there, or you can email me, Janae.Hyatt at gmail.com. And Ralph, if people want to get a hold of you, what is the best way to do that? Well, you can you can find me at uh, Cake Boss Ralph on Twitter and Instagram, and you can follow me uh, on the streets of Jersey City. I'm usually going somewhere fun. Hmm? <laughs> I don't know if that's the best invitation to extend to a bunch of unknown people. <laughs> I, I got I got cat-like reflexes. Don't you know that New York City is the most friendly city in the United States, Bobby? Of course, mm. he would welcome anyone, right? They could try. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you also to Duo Hansen for our intro and outro music. So be sure to check out them on YouTube duo Hansen, and until next time we usually have a clever going away phrase that we try to do at the end do you have lots of them do you have scads of goodbyes do you have swamps of goodbyes no i don't forests cascades of goodbyes <laughs> we do now yes <laughs> right, you guys bobby dropped the ball have a great day <laughs> goodbye everybody <laughs> oh, i totally did bye guys <laughs> bye. thank you ralph thank you <laughs> Nice. Marie de Baguettes! Like, yeah, that's a very French man. Exceptionally French. The Deuteragonist. The what? The Deuteragonist. Never the heard The second that. most important character. Oh, is that a real word? Well, Chateau is French for cat water. I know that. You're telling me that if I go in there, the wardrobe is going to ask me to sing a song? No, thank you. Which, the books or the cars? The cars. Wait, what are we talking about? <laughs> I think I might have ADD. I don't know. Oh, my goodness. If that stands for a double dose of Disney, then you're missing a D. Yes. Oh, you're right. <laughs> oh, weird. I don't know what you're talking about. I win. Ha-ha. Yeah, I see him now. He's got like a real vomit face. I like him a lot. That is a statue of gastrointestinal distress. That statue needs an antacid. Ever since watching this as a child, I've always subconsciously associated... Ottomans with dogs. I'm keeping your bones.